0: Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Well, here we are, folks, our first broadcast of 2024. I'm joined here by Brother Max Robinson, and uh, we trust that you had a great Christmas and uh, after a week off at WSIC. Now, Brother Max, I'm just not very good at... um, not being transparent, uh, just not my gift. And so we are actually pre-recording. This will be our first broadcast of 2024. And uh, so we were joking a little bit. uh, Our Christmas has not happened yet. The station is off next week. And so anyhow, we could pretend like that we're live, but uh, I'm just not very good at that. So I just had to confess that, get that off of my my heart uh, so that I don't feel guilty for Deception. <laughs> but uh, this is our first broadcast, our last broadcast of 2023 here in the station, but the first broadcast for our listeners in 2024. And uh, we are excited about 2024. I cannot believe that 2023 is over. I, really, in my life and ministry, Brother Max, I don't think there's been a year that has just flown by the way this past year has particularly the last uh, three months of the year. It just seems like that I'm playing catch up. It's not that I don't know what's coming in the future. I just can't believe that it's upon me yet. And uh, it seems like the last three months, I've just been scrambling for everything just because time seems to be uh, going by so quickly. I'm sure that we've got listeners that feel the same way. People that I've talked to just talk about how that the year flew by. How about you? Did it... uh, it, did it fly by, or was it, it one of those no, like it, going it, through it jello? Went, it
1: really, it went really quick, and I, I'm glad you opened up about this being pre-recorded because I, I knew you were going to ask how my year was, and I was going to have to say that the, the last couple of weeks went by so fast I don't even remember them. But <laughs> now, now we don't have to play that game. Or and anything, it ain't so over yet. Yeah. There's still time. We say,
0: "Oh, he <laughs> had a wonderful year," and then you know things can really go <laughs> go haywire real quick. So. Anyhow, we like being honest, and uh, so uh, you you get what you get with uh, Salt and Light. You certainly get what you get with uh, me, and uh, we are what we are. And, um, you know, this 2024 year, there's some exciting things uh, going on at our church, Temple Baptist Church. Uh, Our Master Club program has been going well. I know we talk about that a lot. Uh, I know that we're getting ready to start a... um, regular children's church on Sunday mornings. And I wanted our listeners to know about that because that's a very important thing for a lot of people. If they're looking for a church to attend, I mean, number one, folks, we're a Bible-believing church. And if you come to Temple Baptist Church, you're gonna hear the Bible preached and taught unashamedly, Uh, we are not going to, um, we're gonna try to be Christ-like and kind and uh, loving, but we are gonna tell it like it is. And we're gonna preach by the grace of God I'm not this is we're not bragging or patting ourselves on the back but by the grace of God we are going to preach the whole counsel of God we're not gonna play salad bar Christianity and pick and choose the things that we like we're gonna try to be faithful to the Bible and I believe that that's what every Christian ought to be looking for and brother max there are a lot of people in our community that the, their criteria for the church that they choose to raise their children in is, um, is not a biblical. It's, the principles and the reasons behind it are sadly more social uh, than they are the principles of the Bible. Right. So, you know, we're going to be honest about that. If you like the Bible and you want all of it preached, that's what we try to do. I, I'm not saying that we are the best at it. But that is certainly our heart. And so if that's what you're looking for, uh, you ought to come visit us at Temple Baptist. Now, having said all of that, I know sometimes you have small children and people. It's important to be able to sit in a church service. Uh, kids nowadays, Brother Max, don't have the attention span that kids used to. Right. And some of that is just our, our culture, uh, technology, the uh, media. They're just it, it has trained people to have a short attention span. I don't think we're gonna fix that. And so what we've tried to do is we've tried to help accommodate that and have a children's church so that uh, parents can come and we'll take care of their children, we'll preach the Bible to them and at their level mm-hmm. And uh, do things to keep them interactive and, and enjoying coming to church while their parents can sit and actually listen and get something out of the Word of God. So you're going to be heading up that uh, children's church ministry. We've been doing it once a month now for, what, three or four months now. So tell our listeners a little bit about that. It might be just exactly what someone out there is looking for in order to come and, uh, and visit us and maybe even join us as we worship and serve the Lord at Temple Baptist.
1: Well, we, as you mentioned, been doing this once a month. And I know it's in, in the past it's been a very uh, active part of the Temple Baptist Church. I mean, James Childress and others have done that for years and uh, had a little hiatus in that. And we've been picking it back up and going to go forward. And I, I want to say this as well before I say too much on that. You and I know you agree with this. I guess I just want to for the sake of our listeners make this clear. I, I church isn't about just the social, but there is a social aspect of church. Mm-hmm. But I it's it's fellowship. It's Christian fellowship. And you can have that biblically in the Word while enjoying the Word and enjoying teaching and preaching. It all goes together and complements one another. And so, you know, we have both. We we have some social things we have fellowships we we have various bible studies but and we bring that and wrap it around in part of our stuff but we still make christ the preeminence and we teach and preach christ and we hold to the word of god and we do that in junior church so
0: and the two don't have to conflict no no they
1: yeah. uh, look you go through the new testament christ broke bread repeatedly with the disciples it was there was social time he spent time in people's houses and it, it it it's it's good and it's good for christian brethren to do that with each other and so likewise within junior church we are going to have good bible teaching we're going to try to illustrate and teach the things that are in the word of god the even for our younger kids the basic bible stories but pull out truths spiritual truths not just Here's the story, you know, Jonah got swallowed by a well. But do some principal things through it, some character to help teach and instruct kids in the way they should go with the Lord, all while having some enjoyable things with it, because we can enjoy ourselves in God. We can sing songs that are glorifying God, but also speak to our spirit and. For children, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there are songs that are a little more geared towards children than in adults, mm-hmm. and they love them. And uh, we have a couple ladies in the church that help me with that. Uh, my wife is one of them, and they're good at it. Mm-hmm. They Very do all talented. the animations. They do all the things. Extremely talented. They're fast. They're quick. And and me, I'm you know I'm clapping on the wrong
0: time. I'm going up the wrong down the, i, I they keep it going straight. It is It is so true. And, you know, the social is, it's It's a good part. I, I think about our church services. Brother, Wednesday nights, I'm usually, I get home like after 10 p.m. and our service is over at 8, 15 to 8.30 because our people just don't want to go home. They they hang out and they fellowship and they enjoy being at church and I'm just not going to try to run them out so that we can lock the doors. But uh, anyhow, uh, we're we're not we're going to talk about something very important after the the break. So stay tuned. <music> Back, uh, we uh, first segment this morning we were talking about uh, the ministries at temple baptist church the preaching of god's word uh, we certainly want to be faithful in, and listen the, today's broadcast is not going to be all about temple baptist church we very seldom talk about our church and ministry but here in this 2024 brother max there are some listeners out there that need to get in church and uh, not just get into church but get into a good church not every church is still being faithful to the word of god once again we're not patting ourselves on the back here it's just it's important and uh, church is supposed to be about honoring and glorifying jesus christ and about edifying the saints about reaching the world with the gospel and uh, those, there are some biblical elements of a good church. And whether you come and visit Temple Baptist Church or not, you ought to find a church that's being faithful to the Bible. And then we also have ministries for children, our children's ministry, Wednesday night Master Club, getting ready to have a, a, every Sunday a children's church. And you mentioned, Brother Max, we've got some very talented um, spiritual workers that set a good example I grew up in churches, Brother Max said. I didn't have teachers and leaders that I could look up to, spiritually speaking. I saw a lot of people that were good—I call them churchians, because you can't call them Christians, because a Christian is someone who acts like Christ, and they were good churchians. They knew how to uh, do church. They knew how to get up in front and do all of the functions of church, but— as a, a young, as a, a boy growing up, as a teenager, I saw a lot of stuff uh, in people's lives that was not consistent with what I knew to be right. And I never complained. I never whined about it, but it, it certainly discouraged my heart, and it affected, uh, it affected my life, and it took the, the grace of God to overcome that. So having said all of that, um, uh, we invite you to come and visit Temple Baptist Church. Uh, Start out 2024 and uh, maybe consider coming and being part of our fellowship and ministry. So our topic today, 2024, first broadcast of the year, Brother Max. Could this be the year? That is our topic. It's a question. Could this be the year? What do we mean by could this be the year, the the year that I get married, the year that I get a promotion, the year that I buy that new car that I've been? No, we're not talking about all of those things that Americans typically look forward to. We're talking about something that every Christian ought to be looking forward to, and that is the return of Jesus Christ. And when I say the return of Jesus Christ, I'm talking about Christ coming back for his saints, coming back for the church. The, the, the coming of Christ is two parts. We've got the rapture of the church, and then after, depending on someone's doctrine, after a period of time, we believe seven years, tribulation period, then Jesus is literally physically coming back to planet Earth. Revelation 19, verse 11 uh, through verse uh, 17 makes it crystal clear he's coming back on a white horse and he's coming back in vengeance and uh, you don't want to be against God or against uh, God's people uh, on that day but prior to that everyone who is part of God's church the bride of Christ the body of Christ the Bible says there's going to be a catching away. We're going to be raptured, caught up together in the clouds with Jesus Christ. So he's coming back, not to the earth, but he's coming back for his saints. And we want to talk about uh, the rest of the broadcast here today, why we believe that 2024 could be the year. W- what sayest thou, Brother Matt? What Max?
1: sayest thou? Well, I, I do agree it should be one thing that we are all, as if, if we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling us, we should be, as Titus eleven says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, that should be within the believer. But we do, as you mentioned, you you started this and segue, as you segued into this saying, you know, when we say, what are we looking for in 24, if this could be the year, you know, there are a lot of Christians we are focused on now. We're focused on what we're going to get. It could be that house. It could be that new job. It could be, look, if you're going to get married, I'm not going to discourage that. It's a good thing, right? We were taught that in Proverbs 18 for a man. Find it and the we, wife, and find we it understand the, the emotion. I, yeah. I get that. I'm not going to come <laughs> yeah. down, especially on younger people, and rain on their parade and say, get over it. No, it is. it is a joyous occasion, and it should be something they look forward to. Especially if they're finding a a, a spirit-filled godly mate, they should look for that in anticipation and joy, no doubt about that. But we also need to look for the Lord's return. And there are things, I believe, that uh, are indicators of his return. One, is you mentioned, and we're trying to encourage people about the church that we attend, and you pastor, that there is still good Bible believing and teaching there. A lot of churches have turned away from that. And when you study... Falling away. Falling away. And it does tell us in Scripture to be a falling away. And if you go specifically to Revelation chapter 3, 2 and 3 give us a history of seven churches, right? And Bible teaching and a lot ourselves and many others if you study those seven churches it's not seven not just seven literal literal churches that they were in paul's day but they are in a historical account and prophecy of how the church is going to go and you look at that last one church of laodicea it's not a good church it's, it's dead it's it's not christ-centered
0: at all it it's says dead and it doesn't know it
1: yes and it and it even and it says they're rich and increased with goods look that describes a lot of churches in america anymore i mean the way even pastors and some of these mega churches are flaunting wealth
0: mm-hmm.
1: and promoting it as this is the gospel and this is evidence of god's blessing and favor they're they're heretics mm-hmm. clearly and you look at that and it says that Jesus is on the outside knocking. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: I, I believe he is and quite widely, if you want to label the church generically as anything that's claims to claims to be Christian, not truly Holy Spirit filled, but claims to be Christian. I, I think that is accurate statement of what we're seeing of church today
0: yeah no doubt those seven churches are they were literal churches back when John was writing about them they are uh, they are typical They're pictures I should say of different periods of the church and like you said uh, the Laodicean is the last period and uh, folks if you if you go to Revelation 3 read the description of Laodicea and you compare what you commonly see in church in America today with what the scripture says and you're gonna see a big difference and it's like wow that is certainly a sign and a symptom that we are nearing the end.
1: And there was nothing good said about that church not, from our Savior. Not
0: one thing good that he said, And um, but he did say to repent, and Jesus was still knocking on the door. He's on the outside wanting to get in. That's and his
1: long-suffering. That's his love for the church. He Gave himself for it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we were talking in the first segment about what to look for in a church. I mean, we, we, we listed some things, humanly speaking, but really the most important thing about a church is, is Jesus there? Right. Is the presence of God real in that church? I'm not talking about emotions. No. I'm talking about truth and righteousness. You You know, a born-again believer knows when he's in a church service that has God in it. You just sense it. You just know, hey, this is real. This is right. The Spirit bears witness because Jesus Christ is present. And uh, that's the most important thing. You can have every program. You can have a great personality. You can have a pastor that keeps your attention. You can have kids that just love church and all of that wonderful things. But if Jesus isn't present, then it's not a church that's going to help you. And that is the first and foremost thing. Now, when we talk about why it's important to be looking for that blessed hope, Titus 2, verse number 13, uh, 1 John chapter 3, here's a good verse that, uh, that says why it's important. Uh, verse number 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Uh, being a son of God is not something that we become after we die. When we get born again and say we at that moment become a child of God, Uh, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, that's when Jesus shows up, we don't know yet what we're going to be, but when he shall appear, listen to this, folks, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So the looking for that blessed hope, looking for Jesus to return, has a purifying effect, and maybe that's why so many Christians live worldly, immoral lifestyles. Is because, Laodicea, they're not looking for Jesus Christ to come. Don't you know we've got everything that we need. We, we we've got the American dream, and uh, sadly, brother Max, it's probably going to take some hard times before God's people actually start looking for that blessed hope in His return. Yes. So anyhow, as we continue after the break here, and we're going to start just a little bit here, some other reasons. Now, here's one. I, don't, I can't prove this one, Brother Max, but um, the gut feeling of saints who walk with the Lord. If you have ever been around a real spirit-filled, godly believer they will tell you that they just know that the Lord's got to be coming back soon. We know what the Scripture says, and we'll talk about some of those things after this break, but there's just a gut feeling, and I believe that's the Holy Spirit of God inside of us that is groaning and travailing in birth, waiting for that change. When Jesus died on the cross a little over 2,000 years ago, it wasn't just so that all of us could get our ticket to heaven. It was so that he could redeem this entire cursed world and that he could come back. And so we are looking forward to that. And, um, and you know, Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse number two, he said uh, he's really rebuking the disciples. He said, when it's evening, you say it is fair weather. Uh, But he says, um, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? You know, you remember the old timers used to say about the weather, say it's going to rain or it's going to snow because I can just feel it in my bones. Right. They they had something inside them, experience or whatever. They just knew that it was going to rain. It's the same thing with the spiritual things. Jesus is coming back soon, and believers just know because they can feel it in their bones. It's just a gut feeling inside that we know that it's going to happen soon. After the break, we're going to talk about some more biblical evidence why we believe 2024 could be the year. Stay tuned. All right, a little recap for you. We are talking about, could 2024 be the year that Jesus comes back? Brother Max, we talked about the Laodicean Church Age. That's the last church in Revelation before the Lord shows up. We talked about why it's so important. Uh, um, just before the break, uh, we talked about the gut feeling that Christians have, that it's just it's going to happen soon. They just feel it in their bones. But we also need to go beyond that and to recognize that we need a whole lot more than feelings. Uh, this time last year, I was thinking that 2023 might be the year. I was thinking the same thing in 2022. And some people could say, well, doesn't aren't you discouraged? Maybe there's just no hope. No, that just means that we're that much closer. And even uh, the disciples in Paul's day, the Apostle Paul was the one who wrote looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He was looking for Jesus' return some 2,000 years ago. Now, he didn't have the biblical evidence that points toward it that we have today, but he still had it in his heart that he was looking. And whether he believed that that was going to happen or not, he was living every day. I've been around people that really tried to study the Bible hard and figure out when and most of, I've read books and pamphlets, and I've listened to some of those spiels. I know you could probably Google it and find somebody out there that has uh, analyzed and treated the Bible like it's the Da Vinci Code, and they figured out the date of the rapture or the year that the rapture is going to take place. I, I, I think that's a waste of time because we should be living every day as if it's going to happen today. And that's why I don't believe that God, you know, it, it's probably in the Bible. But I don't think that God wants us to know, and uh, because it shouldn't matter, we should be living every day. But here's another evidence. Jesus said in Luke 18, verse number 8, he said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. We need to go more than feelings, and we look around and we see a loss of faith. And I'm sure this is connected with the Laodicean church age. The church age that has, you know, increased in wealth. We have need of nothing; everything's going wonderful, and that certainly describes the modern church in America. The mega churches. Uh, we talked about the value of social in a church, but most churches today have become a religious social club, and uh, they focus around the social rather than treating it as a just a benefit, and it becomes the substance. All of that lumped together, you look at believers today and people don't walk by faith. They walk by sight, they live by according to their own understanding rather than trusting God and so forth, and we see it all around us, and I believe that that is an evidence. We've got people that are going away from believing in God, people who grew up in church knowing about God, saying that they're saved and then when things when life doesn't go their way or they don't get what they want or maybe they realize that being a christian is not going to make me accepted and popular and everybody think that i'm wonderful when all of that comes crashing in a lot of people are turning away from the faith we see it all around us
1: and you know romans ten seventeen says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god well if biblical preaching is ceasing and has ceased in many cases in churches across, well then faith is definitely going to decline because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Clearly that is what God said. How did Abraham's faith increase? The Lord spoke to him. Abraham heard it and believed. It is hearing God directly who is speaking to us through his word and if we're not studying his word, listening to his word and wanting to him to speak to us through his word, then our faith across the board is going to decline, and I agree with you it has. It has definitely declined. and
0: yeah, I think you made a great connection. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and we don't have a lot of Bible preaching and teaching in churches today. We have a lot of stories, a lot of entertainment, you know they'll there will be a verse i mean even some of the most liberal preachers will start out their sermon with a verse but then they're just using the bible to give their repackaged religious version of self-help and psychology and so that is what's common that's what people want uh, there's plenty of preachers out there that will give people what they want to hear but uh and the the preachers that will give people what they need to hear are just declining. I mean, we're, we're becoming dinosaurs uh, so quickly, especially among the younger uh, generation of preachers. And so um, there's a connection. You take the Word of God out of our culture. You take the Word of God out of the pulpit. Well, there's going to be a natural consequence of the decline of faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This Bible here is powerful. And uh, about 75 to 100 years ago, mainstream Christianity started really jumping on board with the watered-down versions of the Bible. And uh, we believe in this, uh, call it old-fashioned if you want, I believe that it's uh, timeless. This uh, Bible here that goes back to 1611 in the English language, we hold to this book right here. And uh, I believe we've got a perfect Bible I don't always understand everything that it says but i would rather have a bible that's pure than have a bible that's easy to understand you know this is life and death this is some serious things and to know doctrine and 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 even if i don't understand it i would rather have the power of the purity of god's word god will show us things if we are truly trusting the Bible to be the Word of God. People who use all these other versions, they're not trusting that the Bible's the authority, they're picking and choosing. Well, then I must be the authority. And so I think that the the loss of faith is connected to the Word of God, and the lack of faith is a sign that just like Jesus said, that when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? Here's another one, Brother Max. Matthew 24, verse number 10. Jesus said, then shall many be offended and betray one another. Has there ever been a time in our lifetime? I don't think there's been a time in America where people are more easily offended than they are today. You talk about a, cultural, a culture that is hypersensitive toward um, being offended and people feeling hurt, uh, all this woke stuff. No. it is so common and Jesus said that in the last day there many shall be offended
1: and it, it, that goes across the board and a lot of it is because we are <clears throat> selfish people we're selfish we're self-centered we're arrogant
0: that's our nature
1: and we in this we we want what we want and if we don't get it we're offended and it goes across the board. It happens even in biblical churches. You know, our, we, this is what we desire, this is what we want, and there's pushback, resistance, whatever, we get offended. And there's problems. And it, sadly, it's the church that suffers, and it, the name of Christ suffers. Mm-hmm. And the ability for the gospel to go out and be preached and souls to get saved, and it starts marring the testimony of the gospel. I mean, how many times have you gone out and people, ah, church is full of hypocrites. They've seen the action, the behavior of people, and they've made this generalization that it's all that way, and so that must be what Christ is about and it's all about. No, it's not. Christ was obviously so selfless in what he did and so long-suffering and so merciful and taught how we all should be Christ-like and how we should be willing to submit ourselves one to another. All these various things that we're supposed to put the flesh down, right? So that Christ can be lifted up. Christ said, if I be lifted up, Mm -hmm. I'll draw all men to me. Why aren't people coming to Christ today as much in the past? He's not being lifted up in the hearts of even Christians.
0: Yeah, And there is inconsistency, there is hypocrisy in the Church, no doubt about that. Uh, I know, I'm just going to confess, I don't always live consistent with what I know to be true. I have weakness, I have a sin nature, and so if you follow me around 24-7, you're going to find that, uh, you know, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm not sinless. But that doesn't make a person, a a hypocrite's a play actor. A hypocrite's someone who's pretending to be something that they're not for sake of pride and reputation and self-glory and so forth, and the church has people like that in them. I grew up around churches like that. Uh, I'm sure that if I knew everything about our flock, there's probably some people like that in our church. I don't know because I'm not God. I'm sure you can
1: find some in me. Well, yeah,
0: well, certainly uh, (laughs) all of us can be that way. But with that mentality that I'm not going to go to church because it's just full of hypocrites. And you talk about being judgmental to judge every Christian based on the inconsistency or the hypocrisy of some Christians that you've seen. uh, That's pretty judgmental. And that's the thing that we get criticized for if we say something that people don't like to hear. And so, I mean, you can go to the grocery store and there are people that work at the grocery store that, you know, they're probably Walmart employees that don't care about Walmart being successful. They're just clocking in and they're just trying to get by and get through their day and they don't care about you. They don't care about whether you get your groceries or all that. They're just uh, they're hypocrites and yet people still go and get their groceries because they they know that they need to get groceries and people ought to have that kind of mentality find a church that maybe has as few hypocrites as you can find and uh, join well, as, that one as one Be,
1: as one pastor said we can always use one more you can always use one
0: more <laughs> that's right i mean that is so true you know when it all boils down it's just a bunch of lame excuses for saying I don't I don't want God I don't need Jesus Christ and you know Jesus loves the church mm-hmm. and uh, a true born-again Christian has a love for the brethren and you're gonna be seeking out some real Christians if you are a real Christian right. yourself we are about time for another break uh, number four on reasons why we, we believe that the Lord could come back in 2024 there is a description of perilous times uh, it's given in Second Timothy chapter 3. Let's see if I've got time to read this passage. Verse number 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And then verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Brother Max, we talked about Laodicea. You talk about a descriptive terms of perilous times and we see it all around us among people, among the church. Uh, We are in perilous times. We'll talk more about these, uh, maybe not all of them, but certainly a handful of these perilous times uh, signs that God gives us. days, perilous times shall come. Uh, we have a description from the Apostle Paul in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Folks, we're talking about the return of Jesus Christ and uh, could 2024 be the year? I am hopeful. I- I'm not going to stick my neck out and say, I believe this is going to be the year. I, I don't know that, for the Max, and I think that uh, if we're not careful, we can make these bold predictions and uh, end up uh, making uh, not only ourselves uncredible but certainly people will start becoming scoffers at at the bible at the word of god and we certainly don't want that we've already said it i'll repeat it every christian ought to be living every day as if the lord could come back today the apostle paul was living that that way he was he, he he wrote to the churches to us that we ought to live that way And so we're looking for that blessed hope, but there are some signs. We've talked about people being easily offended, a disconnection of faith and the word of God. We've talked about uh, just that gut feeling that uh, believers just know that it's it's gotta come soon. But this description of perilous times, Paul said this is what's gonna happen in the last days. And he said in verse number two, that men shall be lovers of their own selves. You know, the average church in America today, Brother Max, you hear sermons that are more—preachers they, they, say more about self-esteem than they do the holiness of God. They say more about, you know, having happy relationships with one another than they do about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we see that so common. People— People have a, an infatuation with self-esteem and self-love. It's common in our culture. Our grandparents would not be a, in approval of what we see in the mentality of people today.
1: The interesting thing, as you said, in the Scripture, as Paul wrote to us, lovers of self, that those words are actually used in messages about you need to love yourself. And again, it's because we're not studying the Word of God,
0: right? Mm -hmm. We're not
1: looking into what God says. God's saying, hey, wake up. That's a warning that things aren't right. Mm -hmm. Not that something is, you know, you're missing something in life in self. That the state of the church and that the time of his coming is close because we have gone so far from him and his Word. That ought to be a wake-up call, you know. You talk about the scoffing—that's in First Peter or Second Peter, chapter three, right? Mm -hmm. It says, "Knowing this, that first there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts." Where, where's that whole list you had? Is you have that with this? I mean, we people are walking after their own lusts. Who would I would have never dreamed in my time that we would have seen in stores in America just randomly robbing and thievery and malicious acts in stores Mm
0: -hmm. going
1: uncontested by law enforcement because their hands are tied. And politicians setting guidelines saying, how much can you go in and steal? And it's okay. I mean, it's crazy. We Mm -hmm. are, it is perilous times. Some of the things we're seeing are absolutely insane. The whole reasoning of politicians in government, uh, the recent things that have come out of the, the, the immoral, unethical things, acts actually happening in uh, s- Congress buildings and things like this. It's just unbelievable. And then we get a new Speaker of the House who, I don't care if you like him or not, him and his son made a commitment to morality to stay clean to be unquestioned, and he gets mocked repeatedly right. by news officials, by the view, the despicable view. I'm just going to call it. They're despicable. They're ungodly. They're wicked women, and they mock this man who's trying to be clean.
0: Amen, brother. Salt and light Sorry, just got I just salty. Got I love it. <laughs> let let her rip. We need to, you know, we need to go off. We need to tell the truth, and that is so true. Uh, one of the other. Uh, words in here is boasters and you know, the most popular well-paid people in America today are the athletes and uh, Athletes used to have a team concept and now you know the money that they make and $700 every...
1: million dollar contract recently that for is 10 right. years
0: for 10 years and uh, how many millions of dollars is that per game for a football player? That is just unreal and, uh, you know, they, they catch a ball, and they make a first down, and they act mm-hmm. like they just, you know, won the Super Bowl.
1: Now, that particular one was baseball. Oh. They do more games a year than football. Okay. But still. Still. That's a lot that, of jingle. That is a
0: lot of <laughs> jingle. How about this one, disobedient to parents? That's a sign of the last days. And we certainly you go to a restaurant, you look around, and you see that uh, parents either don't or can't control their kids. Kids don't obey most parents have to manipulate uh, their, their children to do what they want them to do. There's no obedience. It's not from the heart. There's no authority structure. We see that certainly gone. So these are all, uh, these are all signs of the perilous times, certainly having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof that's what we see. We've been talking about it all broadcast here today. That is commonly what we see in the church today. Now, I am not a conspiracy theory guy. I'll just say that right up front. I think that most conspiracy theory stuff is a distraction, and, uh, and I'm not into that, but I do believe that there are some signs around us that are preconditioning our culture for the, not only the Lord's return, but for the Antichrist to show up. The the Bible prophesies about a man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all of that stuff. People have heard about it, but they don't necessarily know what the Bible says. I believe, Brother Max, that uh, the recent pandemic from COVID-19, once again, I'm not into conspiracies, but I observed that that preconditioned the entire world, that you have to do something that they're telling you to do. You have to receive a vaccination or uh, in order to keep your job or in order to go to this store to do business with this person. We saw that global, that uh, the pressure from... Uh, people in authority that we're putting on people that you have to do what we want you in to travel, do. And travel,
1: international travel.
0: Absolutely. And listen, I'm not saying that that the COVID vaccination is the mark of the beast, okay? I'm just simply saying that was unprecedented in all of really all of human history. We've never seen anything like that, not on a global basis. And here we are in these last days, we believe the Bible's making it clear and all of a sudden now uh people are being preconditioned that you have to do something in order to do business we've got a global currency that is digital uh the bible says that uh if you take that you have to take that mark of the beast in order to buy or sell and uh, so we're seeing all of that preconditioning we have the common al- how about this one and and this one's probably going to be controversial. The commonality of markings on people's body. Back when I was a teenager, I mean, it was a big thing. Somebody would go, you know, the the rebel would go and be like the biker or the sailor and go get a tattoo.
1: That said, mom.
0: Yeah, it said something. And and back when I was when I was in baseball, uh, a bunch of us seniors, we thought, you know, we ought to all go get a tattoo. And so yeah, yeah, let's do that. Well, back in 1984. We didn't even know where to go to get one (laughs) you probably had to had to travel to las vegas or southern california there was no place in idaho that i knew of to even get a tattoo but our culture has changed to where inking is more common than not inking i'm not even preaching against inking right now i'm just simply saying there's something intriguing about that that a culture is being preconditioned that taking a mark in your forehead or in the palm of your hand is really no big deal. When I was a kid, somebody to take a mark that people could see in your forehead, that would have been a big deal, and I guarantee you the majority of people would have resisted, but not anymore, and so I believe that that's important. How about this one? Here's another controversial one. We're about out of time. The use of music and worship. You go to the book of Daniel and you find that uh, they, Daniel, that Nebuchadnezzar had a statue made and he had a decree. He said, When you hear all kinds of music being played, I want you to fall down and worship this image. Revelation talks about an image of the Antichrist and people worshiping him. I believe that uh, how that worship and music has become an inseparable topic. People don't even think that they can worship without the use of music. In fact, we call music leaders in churches worship leaders. That's not a biblical definition of the Bible. I'm not preaching against that particular subject at this time, but I am saying that uh, there's something uncanny about that that uh, I believe is preconditioning an entire culture for the Antichrist to show up. So that just tells us that we are getting closer and closer to the day. Last thoughts, Brother Max?
1: I I agree, and I I think the last one you brought up is probably worthy of a a whole show one time, because clearly when you go through and start reading some of these that are producing this so-called Christian music, that is their goal, to bridge everybody together under one label one thing that's what happened in the book of daniel that's what the antichrist is going to do and you're absolutely right the stage is being set and people are willingly going towards that
0: so 2024 could be the year what do you do get ready get saved get right with god get busy serving god that's what we all need to do god bless you folks thank you for joining us today We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you, and He died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust Him as your Savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon Him to save you this very moment. If you are a born-again Christian, we want to encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com click on the Salt and Light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week.